0: Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. Today's a Wednesday, so you know what that means. It means that we have another Outside the Box topic podcast for you guys. This week, we got this idea from Arteta's interview that he conducted after the game against Southampton, where they fell to a 1-0 defeat. I don't have the exact quote in front of me at the moment, but pretty much what he said was, if you didn't know the results, but watched the game or the stats, you would have automatically thought Arsenal won this game. So we had this crazy idea. We all know football is all about goals. You can dominate the game all you want. You can pin the opposition back for the whole 90 minutes. But if you don't score... You're not winning. But we thought, why not make football similar to how boxing is judged, where we judge the quality of the play of each team throughout the whole 90 minutes? Goals will count, of course. But what if we started judging the outcome of the game differently than just relying on
1: goals itself? Everyone will tell you that the hardest part about football is putting the ball in the back of the net. That is something that hasn't been well-kept when judging football, especially recently. Every time we watch a match, we look at how many shots somebody has taken, how much possession the team has had. Facts like that about who played the better match. So many times we leave a football match saying, wow, so-and-so lost, but they played so much better. As you say, if football is at the end of the day about getting the football in the back of the net, but people are still coming off saying, oh, the other team played better. Could you imagine if football ended up adding possession and XG is now also considered part of the scoring? So maybe not necessarily you take away goals in general. You also add these other factors into play as well.
0: Great example, we go back to Brighton of last season, especially, I don't know exactly how the XG works, but I know it it runs through some kind of machine learning model. And it calculates the quality of the chances from the shot. So obviously, a shot from the halfway line is going to count as a very low XG, whereas a tapping goal would count as a very high XG, which is pretty logical and easy to understand. However, When I was watching Brighton's results last season, there's this account on Twitter that produces the XG values for each team after each game. And every single game that Brighton couldn't win because they couldn't put the ball in the back of the net, they were dominating the teams in terms of the XG. So, of course, we don't want to take away the goals. It's the best part of this game. You know, that sheer excitement, that joy when a goal goes in. But like you said, Noah, we hear countless times oh, this team played so much better, but they were just unlucky today. How about we take out that luck? At least if you look at the case of Brighton, they play some really good football on their day, but the players just simply can't finish, namely Neil Mopé. Why should the whole team be punished for Neil Mopé not being able to finish the chances that are created for him?
1: Well, you could argue that he's the part of the team. It's the same way you could say... Why should the whole team get punished for a mistake by the center half? But still, at the end of the day, if we can eliminate that feeling of injustice almost, that a team has played so much better than another team and then they come out as losers. But then some may argue that that is the beauty of the sport. The fact that the underdogs can come out and nick a win. By just simply putting the ball in the net, like the Southampton game. Ben Arek just had that one chance and he put it away. It's the most important thing in football. The team that people would say played the better football, if they don't put the ball in the back of the net, could you argue that they played the better game at the end of the day? And who determines what is better? Some people could argue that if you are well-organized, and you don't allow many chances, but the other team kept more possession, then you could argue that the defending team played well in the fact that they were organized. Who determines the factors of what is played better? Is it just because it's more aesthetically pleasing?
0: Of course, when we mentioned that this team played better, we're 99% of the time referring to the fact that this team created more chances That is because, in general, people prefer attacking football, right? I know there's a a good amount of people who really like watching the, the very solid defensive unit, but you can achieve both. You can have a very solid defensive unit, but also be able to create chances. What this really would help is to eliminate those 10 at the back parking the bus performances. You can say that, These small teams might need to do that in order to get a result. But we're really trying to, or at least I am trying to discourage these teams from almost foregoing the intention to attack. We saw against, in the Champions League recently with Manchester City up against Atletico Madrid, Atletico had zero shots. I think they had one or two, but they were both off sides. I'm sorry to the minority who enjoy that type of football, but I certainly don't. And I'm sure a lot of people will echo how I'm feeling about that type of football displayed by Simeone and his team. So just because we're rewarding a team for creating more chances or playing on the front foot doesn't mean we're disregarding their defensive organization or defensive efforts or their defensive work in general.
1: Right. You just want to encourage more attacking football. And in this way, you can do that because teams are going to know that they can get points, essentially, or however you want to credit them by having a high XG and such. So even going back to the XG talk or what factors really make up who has played better, you know, you spoke about teams who sit back and just soak up pressure. On some occasions, those teams who sit back look like they attack with more threat than the teams who are maintaining the possession. So sometimes when a team has 70% possession, you may look at that and think, oh, wow, they dominated possession. They, like the other team couldn't get a hold of, hold of the ball. But then when you look at where the possession was, it could be around the back. It could be. I mean, I'm just talking from just how... Games can look good on paper by the stats, but they don't actually represent how the team was playing, which is why I have to ask what becomes factors that essentially judges would look out for to reward or the rest would look out for to reward for points. Do we have now a set of three new referees that become judges? I know they're just judging who played aesthetically well, and maybe they take many things into account. So like you said, they do take, maybe you attack so, so well, but you have such poor defensive structure. But maybe you defend not so well, but when you counter, you are counter with so much fluidity that that's a factor that's, that's pleasing.
0: It doesn't necessarily have to be the extreme. There's, I think football is improving in terms of the stats that it provides. And we don't even need to go into that much detail, but We can also award points for solid defensive work. For example, how many times has the opposition been caught in an offside trap? That would tell you that the team was very solid and very organized in setting up their offside trap or the defensive line, which we know requires a lot of communication, a lot of work together. And ultimately, if you have a very solid defensive unit, it will be reflected in the XG because well, it's pretty straightforward, right? If you don't have a good defensive unit, you're conceding chances after chance, big chances, not just any chances, then it'll be reflected in the opposition's XG. There it will it'll result in a high XG. Whereas if you're limiting the team to albeit a 75% possession, but only shots from outside the box and maybe only one big chance that your keeper bailed you out, then it's going to be reflected in the XG. So I think XG is a great factor to consider, of course, in this scenario. Going back to the teams who sit back but also create very threatening chances on the counter, that's also going to be reflected in the XG. The whole point of a counterattack is you're attacking against less defensive players, which would, in theory, if it's going according to plan, will result in a very high quality chance because more often than not, Your front three is up against their two center halves or their fullbacks, so four on three, which will most likely result in a very big chance.
1: We know that great chances can be created by teams sitting back. And we know that all of the factors that are considered in the stats or that are typically considered when referencing who played the better game. So we have to ask, how is this all going to play out? Are we going to have a judge there who determines who played the better game aesthetically and who determines what factors are going to look out for what makes up an aesthetically pleasing performance? Because the beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. So we have to come to some sort of understanding or agreement as to what is and isn't Aesthetically pleasing, or at least what are the factors to look out for? So maybe in boxing, they say, okay, how many times you got hit, maybe you dodged, and that counts as something. I don't actually know any other factors to boxing. If you do, let us know what the factors are, and maybe if you could translate some of those into what are things we could look out for in football as factors that would be aesthetically pleasing. What do you think? How do you think this would play out, ideally?
0: I don't think a judge is needed in the case of football. I know boxing has a set of judges, but we don't want to make this subjective, right? Because, I mean, we already have enough problems with the referees perhaps favoring one team over the other, and we don't need more of that. I think what needs to first happen is to make this XG stats official, and improve it in any way possible. I don't know if it shows the counter of the punches or dodges that's occurring while the boxing match is occurring. But I think, to be frank, X-Ray is a great starting point, And that might be enough for me, at least. If, let's say, every time a team creates a chance, the viewers, including the, the people at the stadium, can view the counter. So let's say De Bruyne threads in a great cross that Jesus somewhat blasts over the goal. Then we'll see, yes, the goal column will stay still stay at zero. But we will see how the XG model calculates that chance and the quality of that chance. The viewers will be able to see, oh, that chance would have resulted in a goal 22% of the time, for example. So now in the XG column, Man City are leading Brighton 0.22 to zero. And if that happens throughout the game, I think that's a great starting point for me in this scenario. I don't know what you think about that.
1: The thing is, for me, it still goes back to what you perceive as beauty. Arsenal against Southampton this weekend, we pinned them back a lot. There was a lot of pinning back, but not really any big, big chances created other than the two we had mentioned with Saka and... Smith Rowe and I think Martinelli had one so I even called that so sure you'd expect out of three clear cut chances you could realistically expect to probably score one of those I don't think you should realistically expect to score three every single time but regardless more chances in that front need to be created so from Arteta's standpoint he was looking at the game and saying, we played well. We hoffed and we puffed a lot. But there was really nothing to show for it. So do you argue that you you played a better game? Because to me, from what you are saying, XG is the factor that tells whether or not a team played better. That is what you look at. Other people may agree with you. Other people may look at possession. Other people may look at shots. Some people may look at shots on target. But at the end of the day, everybody has their own reasoning as to why they played better or why they think they deserve the win. They were defensively organized, for example, as we were saying earlier. But if we make it XG, then, because that's going to create the most chances, that's going to get the most excitement for an expected goal, how are we rewarding an XG differently than? just a goal, do we still give them the points for that or are we giving them like half points? Because then teams are not going to feel as eager to make sure that the chance that they get becomes a goal. They'll be just satisfied with just taking the miss. So I feel as though if that is to work, there still has to be like an extra, extra bonus to getting a goal. And now, do teams start? I, I know you said earlier that if you shoot from half line, obviously it's not as much XG. But does that, in a, in the sense of if you are losing late on in a game, are teams now just going to take a bunch of shots from long range just to see if they can catch up in that fashion?
0: Well, I mean, we can dive into the mechanics and details of it. Could go on for days, but you look at you compare the Arsenal game and then, this past weekend and the United game, the difference is we had Ronaldo, you guys didn't, right? Arguably, if you had Ronaldo, you are finishing off one of those chances, right? So, and if you look at Norwich, they create some really good chances, but they were just lacking that quality in the final third. And often teams, this is a, a famous story where the lower sides or the weaker sides create great chances on the counter against the top, top sides, but they, they just can't finish off those chances because of the quality that's missing. And that's understandable. They're not going to be able to compete against the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City to sign Holland, for example. Right? Obviously, if you have Holland, it's going to give you an edge over a mid-table striker or even a bottom half or lower half table striker. So at this stage right now, I mean, that's why we're seeing the rise in the the number nines in, in that it's very rare to find a top-class number nine who will guarantee you 30 goals a season, right? And it's, the difference is such a huge one between the teams that do have one and the teams that don't have one. So in a sense that if you take also the XG into account, it will help balance that out in a sense that the teams will not just be losing because they have less quality up top. It'll provide them a bit of a fairer chance, a little more, a, li- a little more of a balance up there in terms of whether or not you're able to finish off these great chances you're creating or whether pretty much if you're clinical enough. So, and just kind of going into the, I guess, implementation itself, the goals will count, like you mentioned, but Like you said, x X-Trees could count for maybe half of what it is exactly. Like, for example, if that chance is 0.22, then in the actual scoreboard, it might count as a 0.11, you know, half of that or whatnot. And also if you're denying a scoring chance, or if you're not letting the opposition create a, a big chance, then that's down to your defensive organization. And I know the current XG model doesn't do this, but we can reward that. We can talk about, again, this is a, this is a topic for another day, but we can talk about the improvements to the XG where we're rewarding teams now for that defensive unit and defensive organization, which the current XG model does not. So for me, if it gets to that stage, it pleases both sides, both sides being the ones who are able to as we normally say, pleasing on the eye in terms of creating the big chances and great chances playing great football, but also being able to really have a solid unit back there in your defense and really being able to deny the opposition creating these chances.
1: Right. I think that totally makes sense. It's just really a matter of fine-tuning the formalities and what actually is a fair calculated result not being biased towards teams who tend to attack as opposed to teams who tend to defend this is not meant to change the overall dynamic or balance of how the teams line up essentially i think we really just want to try and reward the teams who if they've played an honest game where they've created a lot of chances with good intentions of trying to score and keep out clear-cut chances against them, as you say, because it motivates them to defend against teams creating chances on them. Can't reward the teams for that? Like, how many times do we hate coming out of a match saying, wow, this team really outplayed the other team, they really deserved the win, and they just didn't get it? And then we leave almost with sour taste in our mouths thinking, wow, that's, that's not how things should have turned out. And this will help to fix that without necessarily imbalancing the spectrum of the match.
0: Yeah, the whole point is we, want, we reward good quality football, whether it be on the attacking end or whether it be on the defensive end, which will, I believe, will show in the XG charts with some minor tweaks and improvements. And the one thing I could see from the... I guess the fallout is the importance of a a great number nine will will go down. I, I feel because you're not relying as heavily on goals anymore. With you know, like like we see with Man City, not that they need any more you know addition to their goals, but there are some games where they struggle to score. I I, well, I think because of a lack of out and out striker and that focal point in the in the middle. There's no denying that Man City are a great side. Just because they're not scoring this goal in a specific game when some of their players are not in their top form for that specific game, I don't know. I don't know if that's fair. The other side of the argument is that that's why the number nines are very expensive. They're there to score those goals for you and win those games.
1: So that's a good point. Does that know if we implement that law, does that bring down the value of a number nine striker? Right yeah, now, yeah. I think they're so inflated, as you say, so difficult to find a really true clinical number nine. And if you do, they're going for big money, as we saw recently with Vlahovic and potentially soon with Haaland.
0: Yeah, and like I said before, teams like Norwich are not going to be able to afford these strikers, right? I know Puki's is a great striker. I, he's, he makes some great runs, but is he really going to be able to make the difference when you're trying to get to the level of those man cities? No. And if this were to be implemented, it will really help to close the gap between the top sides and the bottom sides in each league. That's how I feel, at least.
1: I agree with the point that it may help the teams not expected to win to get an upper hand like that. But then (laughs) I also have to look at the fact that look at how many times big teams have played against lower teams or teams that they're expected to beat, I should say, and they end up losing the match because of a snatch and grab. Just like this Southampton versus Arsenal match, they ended up just scoring and they ended up being able to win the game. So it may not close the gap because then Arsenal would believe in their saying they won the game. And then over time, as that keeps happening, the points, it's just going to be A massive difference because it's not many times that the bigger teams or the teams that are expected to win, they lose off of actually playing worse. That doesn't really happen that often.
0: Mm, I I would argue the same that the smashing grab for the lower sides happens even less often. Removing that, I I don't really see that big of a difference that's going to be made there. I think the points that the lower half teams will be able to get from this type of Game plan will pretty much offset, and maybe even more than the lower half teams getting a smash and grab win.
1: Well, we will see. Time will tell, as we always say. Well, maybe we won't see because maybe this doesn't ever get implemented. But... Yeah, this is this is <laughs>
0: you know this is
1: crazy crazy outside the universe idea. <laughs> yeah. But who knows? You never know because in football, so many things, especially. If you're looking at it from the past, I'm sure so many people, years before we were even born, watching football, they were probably like, no way football is going to implement goal line technology. No way football is going to implement video assistant referee. No way. And football eventually has come to it where they're doing that. Look at how recently Champions League got away of the away goals. The World Cup is adding more teams. They're talking about 60 minutes in the football match and stopping the clock. I remember even when I was younger, thinking to myself, that's such an outrageous thought. They will never implement that. But they eventually are talking about it and coming around to it. I think it just takes time for people to truly realize that these outside-the-box topics that we're bringing up, sure, some of them are further out there than others, and some may be more, likely to be implemented but it's not so far-fetched to think that these things can eventually become a part of football
0: definitely it's just a matter of people changing or being able to adapt their perspective as we see now it's so hard to grasp the idea that all that smash and grab win for lower half teams are going to be gone if this were to be implemented but just shift your perspective a little bit the teams that deserve to win will be always winning now it's only fair right at least I, I think that's how it will shift. I know people are still against the VAR in a sense of how it's implemented, at least in the Premier League, but people are warming up to the idea of, of the VAR. Right? I know it's not like a change to the rule or whatnot. Well, well, I should say change to the rules comes with the VAR's implementation, it seems like. But <coughs> with anything in life, people will warm up to it and will get used to it. One day, if this... Were to be implemented, it won't be as foreign as it sounds to us now at this stage.
1: Right. As you said, with time, people will ease up into it. I say this would be an interesting at least concept to consider because as you said, it may open up an opportunity for the smaller teams to find a way back into the game quicker. Or it could be that it just exacerbates the destruction that the bigger teams are providing to the smaller teams at least it's up for consideration maybe how it's implemented maybe not with just xgs like what we're saying xgs is probably the best idea that we come up with here just simply brainstorming but i'm sure if there's a deeper dive into it as far as research and calculations what numbers work how often, what percentages certain chances get, so how you can accurately combine the two of XG and contribution to actual points to come up with a fair analysis to actually put into football.
0: By no means we are saying our idea is perfect. And we're always open to criticisms. If you guys have any thoughts or ideas on how to improve this idea that we brought up of Incorporating a different style of scoring system in football, maybe a little similar to boxing. Let us know on our Facebook page at Football Outside the Box Podcast. The website address is facebook.com slash FOTB pod. As always, in addition to that, let us know if you guys have any crazy outside the box ideas to improve the game of football, like this one. You know, that's at the end of the day, that's all we're trying to do improve the game of football.
1: Yeah, and anything that you think would just be an interesting addition, don't forget to like, subscribe, download, turn on your notifications as well. So anytime we're releasing, you guys are aware, you can stay up to date. And why would you not want to stay up to date, right? If you have any comments as well, guys, put it in the Facebook group and that's it from us. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to Be ready for our preview show as well on Friday. That's also going to include a bit of the review from the midweek action.
0: We will see you guys on Friday. Be there. Peace out.
1: Peace out.